Welcome back to the I'm Just Saying podcast. We got Bobby, Nico, and Sean as usual. And we got some pretty interesting topics to discuss today. Personally, I can't wait to get to the first one, but I'm going to let y'all rock. The first thing I want to touch on here, and I know anybody watching this can definitely attest to feeling like this when they watch certain players play. And I want to uh, discuss players who frustrate you every time you see them play. And that could be from whether it's clear that they're wasting their potential or maybe you just feel like they don't even belong in the NBA at all. So, Bobby, I'm going to let you rock with this first. Denzel Valentine, get the fuck out the league, bro. Hell yeah, fuck Denzel Valentine. I, I like hate that, bro. Well, I used to. The folks are so garbage, bro. He getting about 15 mil to be in the fucking way. And I'm sorry for the kids listening, but God damn it, Uncle Bobby got a story to tell. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Denzel Valentine has to be the most old average basketball player. I have ever seen it in my fucking life. Denzel Valentine is that dude in the league who, not in the league, but at the LA Fitness, who swear up and down that he cold. And then he go against some real hoopers. And then you see how below average he really is. You ever saw him in the Drew League when he was playing against uh, Frank Nitty? Yep, and he showed and he him up. Ass and told his ass he don't belong in the NBA. He went wrong. He wasn't. And it's crazy because we got players like Frank Nitty who can't get in the league, can't get an opportunity, but somehow Denzel Valentine, he is, he's legit a rotation player for the Chicago Bulls. And it's like, I can't put into words what about him <laughs> that, like, irritates my soul. Like, what's his standout skill? I feel like I can, I can me right now, out of shape and all, can go out there and do He a good passer? Like. He a good passer? He a passer for the other team. <laughs> he could shoot That's a little bit for the other team. When he shoot, you'd be like, he with us. He that sure. He like a a a mini secondary ball handler. No, <laughs> no, no, you did not, no. man. I'm messing around. Man, he a brand new uh created my player. No badges, <laughs> no attribute yeah, upgrades yet. Ain't bought no VC. Shoot, I'll say that played better than him anyway. <laughs> I love Denzel Valentine in college, though, bro. I wanted the Bulls to draft him. Like, I, I was happy we drafted him. He was a dog in college. Okay, well, yeah. you tell me what's so cold about him. For the Bulls, yeah, he, he he don't do much. But in college, he was nice, bro. He was a nice triple-double threat. Could put the ball on the floor a little bit. Shoot a tiny bit. Pass a little bit. That's the thing. He don't do nothing good. He don't really do nothing average either. His passing average. He probably, but the Bulls don't have nobody. He probably the Bulls' best passer. That's saying a lot. So basically, we got you to blame for the Bulls drafting Denzel Valentine. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Hey, because I'm listening to this man. I'm just like, what? He trash, like he trash now. Yes, like in NBA, he's trash. But coming out of college, he one of the best players to play at Michigan State. Okay, well that was five years ago. <laughs> uh, we got Garrett Temple trash. doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. We don't need him no more. Imagine being replaced by Garrett Temple. I'll take him though. Give me, give me, give me Temple over, over Denzel any day of the week. Give me anybody. Give me an eight-year-old over Denzel Valentine. Now, now the other player who frustrates my soul is Giannis. Mm. Because, like, to me, Giannis should be way better than what he is. And I know he already a two-time league, league MVP. This, that, and the third. I get all that. 
But I'm talking about his game per se. If you watch a, I don't watch Bucks games that often. I'm not gonna lie to you. I only watch the national televised games. I watch every Bucks game. But every game of his that I've seen, he does the same shit, and it irritates my soul. What I mean by that, obviously the scout report on Giannis is to just let him shoot, build that wall. You know what I'm saying? Force him to shoot jumpers. But the thing is, if you watch the games. They're not really forcing him to shoot jumpers because he willingly takes them. And he falls into that trap that low-key a lot of hoopers that who ain't really shooters fall into is you shoot a jumper, you'll see one go in, and now you launching threes for the rest of the game. Yep. And I hate that because, to me, he should be a skinny Shaq. He should be in the paint, posting up. with If he catching the post two hands, you can't stop him because he's long as hell. Pause. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, once he catches with it back to the basket, it should be a dunk every rip. I'll give you an example. I was watching the Nets game versus the Bucks uh, about a couple of days ago, both of them. And every time he caught the ball in the post, there was nothing the Nets could do. And I remember one of the fourth quarters in one of them games, he scored about 10 straight, all dunks. And then he came down out of nowhere and just launched a three and air ball. I'm like, gee, what are you, come on now. Like, like stuff like that irritates my soul. If you can't stop me from the paint, I'm not shooting no jumpers. I'm in the paint every rip, every possession until you stop me. It's like with Zion. Zion, like I said, I love Zion because Zion in the paint all game. Zion ain't shooting threes like that. He ain't doing nothing. Actually, he catch the ball, two hands. I'm in the post. I'm dunking. If y'all build that wall, okay, then I'll pass it out. But I repost so I can get it right back. It's to me, it baffles me that Zion understands who he is at 20, where we got Giannis, who just turned 26, and he's still trying to expand his game, but it ain't working, bro. That's just not you. You don't have to be a shooter. You don't have to be out here trying to be KD and this and that. Just stick to your game. Ugh, but, yes, that's... I think part of that is him knowing that if he develop a consistent jump shot, he legitimately unguardable. Bro, you airballing mid-rangers, though. You airbombing free throws. At some point, we got to just establish that that's just not him. I mean, hey. Magic Johnson dominated the game without the jumper. I mean, that's like the greatest passer of all time, though, and the lead on defense. So, like, he affected the games in more ways than scoring. You t- well, you I, t- get t- you're saying. I get what you're saying, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to. Just because the world said you got to get a jumper, don't mean you necessarily have to get a jumper. Just maximize your strength. That's yeah, it. That's all. The post more. If Giannis not going to develop a jumper, he needs to legit attack from the paint from the start. He need to post up. Yeah, you yes. don't like to use Dwight. Like, let him post and make play make out of there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maximize what you do. That's it. I feel it. I feel that. Nico? Well, I'm going to go with some players we, us Chicago fans, real familiar with. The first one, I'm going to start off with Lori Marketing. I, I look that. at it like, I look at players like Porzingis, Giannis, Seven-footers that could put the ball on the floor, finish inside. KP could shoot and put the ball on the floor and finish inside. Like, why, why Lori Marketing can't do the same thing? He came into the league. We thought we we had a unicorn on our squad. And all I'm seeing from Lori Marketing is running hook shots, horrible-ass three-point attempts, a soft-ass nigga in the paint. Like, it's too much potential when I'm seeing – when I'm seeing Porzingis do – Put twenty and ten up every night. Like why, Mark? Why, why we can't get that from Laurie Marketing? I haven't seen no, no development from him. 
And for a player to be, for a seven-footer to be able to shoot and be a little athletic, like, that's too much potential to waste. And he on the Bulls. So, like, I, I don't see why the Bulls even keep him. Like, we need to, y'all, know, y'all, you know how ass. I feel about him, Sean. We need to get rid of him as soon as possible. Soon as I possible. Said, as soon as he got help, back healthy this year, we should have traded him. Let him play a couple games and got rid of him. Exactly. Start him, let him go off a little bit, feed him, and get rid of his ass. Because he saw, we, we drafted him, what, seventh overall? I'm pretty sure we not going to get nothing from him in the offseason. He a free agent. We finna lose him for nothing. You know all he is? He just Miritich, basically. Remember Miritich? That's all he is. I don't right? think he, he is good as him. Yeah. That's but, all he yeah, is. pretty similar. And then another player, I'm going to say, another nigga from the Bulls, still on the Bulls to this day, Cristiano Felicio. <laughs> he don't have no wasted potential. He just a bomb that doesn't he belong in the league. The man signed a four-year deal for I think around thirty-five million. Still scratching my head about that. How he averaged zero points? He's getting paid seven million this season to average zero points on our squad. He's he fucking somebody games. wife in that organization, bro. He married or something. Or in a relationship with somebody in the Bulls organization, daughter or some shit. It gotta be. I, bro, I tell you this all the time. We talk about Felicio. I tell all my homies this. Felicio got that contract off. The, the, he need to thank Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade threw him a few lobs in 2016-17. That shit made him look like an athletic big that could run run. That got him a deal. His ass ain't did that shit ever since. D-Wade got him that contract. Fam don't play at all. I, man, I don't understand why he in the league. But it just shows to get in the NBA, as long as you seven foot and can chew bubble gum at Man, the same time, you got so many opportunities to play in the NBA. Like, clean bombs. And we had Daniel Gafford for that. We didn't even fucking need him. Gafford is a better version of him. Like, I, I, And we don't have Gafford no more. We still got him. To tell you about the Bulls for an office. But now we got like the... That's probably as good as it's going to get as far as a role player in that uh, position with Daniel Tice. I like Daniel Tice. I like Tice. I like Tice. Nice hooper. First and foremost, I got to get this one nigga off my chest. Fucking Bismack Biombo, bro. I knew you were going to say him. That's why I did say him. Right in that Cristiano Felicio, whatever the fuck that dude name is, they in the same boat. Because why the fuck is Bismack Biombo still in the NBA? Give me one legitimate reason besides him being 6'10 and athletic for him being in the NBA. 6'10 and could chew bubblegum. Garbage as fuck. Worse than Kwame Brown. Big Ball, Lamelo Ball have him looking good though sometimes. Hey, I was just about to say Lamelo can get get uh Bismack paid, bro. Y'all tweaking. Lamelo keep yeah, gonna Lamello keep a lot of people in the league. So but that's he got Felicio paid, bro. So and then somebody else gonna make that mistake and pay Beyond Ball and be like fuck, and they ain't gonna be able to trade him because ain't nobody else gonna be dumb enough to trade for him. <laughs> somebody gonna pay that man like forty, fifty million dollars for nothing, bum ass nigga. Oh my god. Let me have it been his height, man. I'll be in the league right now. <laughs> Understanding it. How are you 6'10, 6'11? You can't do nothing. Like you have Especially no <laughs> Especially today. It ain't even that many big men on the floor. And you still can't do shit. Like niggas can't do nothing in the NBA. It trips me out, man. Felicio, Kwame Brown, Biz McBianbo. Like, come on, you can't two dribble, drop step, two dribble, pull up like it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Biombo been in the league for a minute, bro. Yeah, keep getting them chats. 
Shout out Jalen Rose. Keep getting Just them like checks. Felicio, man. He fucking somebody in these organizations, bro. <laughs> oh, man, I bet that shit. I bet that shit happened a lot. Oh my god, y'all on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that nigga so much, bro. Feel your All pain. Right. The next one is Ben Simmons. Oh yeah. no, you didn't. No, it's no, nah, it's not what you I understand, did. but you still was honest. Same vote. This, it's not even that. This is what frustrates me about him. I feel like Ben Simmons is playing with the wrong dominant hand. I don't think he's actually left-handed. I agree. I don't know if somebody, when he was growing up, or like what... Because, no, he was in college shooting right-handed, too. So maybe as he was coming out of college, somebody got in his head and told him, you'll be more effective as a lefty, or it'll look better if you left-handed. And he believed that shit. But if you watch him play, when he go to the basket, no matter what side he on, what hand do he finish with? His right. He never uses his left hand at the basket. He gathers off of his left foot all the time, like he's about to go up with his right hand, no matter what side. He, he shoot on. free throws left-handed, though, too, right? But in college, he shot free throws right-handed. And before college, he was dominantly a right-handed shooter. Right, 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 right. I've even seen him sometimes now, like, he, on some last second in the shot clock type shit, he'll shoot a post fadeaway right-handed. The nigga never really uses his left hand, and I feel like if he switched over and made that his dominant hand, I think he'll be an effective shooter, and that in turn to make his whole game expand. Cause his jump was so ugly, it looked like it hurt. Yeah, like, it don't it look, look like natural. If you get some time, go back and watch him shoot some right-handed free throws, and look how natural it looked when he shoot them, versus how it looked when he shoot left-handed. The shit is night and day. Cause I've heard that, I ain't got oh. no knocks on his game though. I ain't got no knocks on his game, cause to me, the best defender in the NBA, elite passer, he make everybody on the floor better. So. I ain't got nothing bad to say about him other than that. Just switch your hand, my nigga. I feel that. And the last nigga, because I was so high on him when he was coming out of college, is Andrew Wiggins. I feel like he mm. should be so much better than what he mm. is. Maple Jordan, what they call him. He only in his sixth year in the league, and we just seen people develop later. But I feel like he should be like a 25, 8-8 and eight type dude leading a team. And for whatever reason, he ain't developed into that. Well, I know what the reason is, because the nigga don't really get no fuck. You can see it in his face. It's like, he just hooping for the money. But with Golden State, he has been uh, making some improvements. Like, one thing I always said was he should be one of the best defenders in the league, because he's 6'8 with long-ass arms. And this year, he actually one of the best defenders in the league. He top four in third. defensive rating and uh, field goal third. percentage against. Oh, he third now? Yes, sir. Yeah, I've seen those things. Because he won't. But yeah, and I'll be watching the Warriors game like he actually competing on defense now. Because Draymond Green told him I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> probably you sticking probably the best will. player every night. That's what you gotta do with him though. You six eight long as fuck, and most of the best players, offensive players in the league, is six eight long as fuck. So naturally you should be matched up with them. But shit, he only in his sixth year, so he still got some time. And if he gonna improve anywhere, is with Golden State. When Clay them get back, we'll see he if he like. Good. We'll see if he really that if he even get kept because I I still think once Clay get back he getting traded or something. But yeah, that's all I got. He ain't getting traded. They trading. They trading. Uh, Kelly Uber. He gotta go. So Jabari Parker in that mix too. Since we go speak on Andrew Wiggins, the one and two picks, they both underachieved, wasted potential. Me, I didn't see what everybody else saw in Jabari. He he exactly I thought he was gonna be. I feel so bad about Jabari He's just Parker, lazy, bro. too. You know why? He's just lazy. 
Cause I called. I said when he came out of college, I was like, "Watch, he gonna tear his ACL." <laughs> wow. That, he tore his ACL. I called it because I knew he was too big for his body. People thought I was just saying it to be petty, yeah, but like he put too much weight on his ankles, and I could see it. He gonna tear his ACL because he gonna be overcompensating, and that's what happened. Before that though, he was twenty and ten, right? With Milwaukee, uh, not twenty and ten, but he was twenty and like like six seven. Cause he was playing with Giannis, so you know they was three and a four. He put up good numbers. It was that one year. I'm, I think. Oh no, he got hurt halfway through that year. Yeah, you're right. But he he definitely was averaging twenty. He was averaging twenty yeah. that year. That's the year you talking about. Yeah. He was averaging twenty. They never been the same. Yeah. Now we're gonna talk about the MVP race for this season, and I def I got an interesting take on this one. So I think the leading candidates right now, in the eyes of the media, are Jokic. MB and I think Lillard is up there. Yeah, he should be. I think this one they said it was it was it was Joker, Joel, and Steph. Yeah, I could see that. Steph should be up there, but I wanna know who y'all think is the MVP right now. Nico. To me, it's kind of not really a it's not really hard to to see who who the lead in candidate. It gotta be Jokic right now. Like it's Jokic and B. They the they the top two. Jokic leading the team without Jamal Murray, putting up crazy numbers. Like, when have we seen a big man put up 26 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, shooting 50%, 56% from the field, and 40% from deep, 86% from the line? Like, crazy numbers. Like, he, look, he looking like, legit, the best big man in the league. But at the same time, at the same time, Joel doing his thing, too, though, averaging 30, them to 30 and 10. So it's really, to me, it's no argument between those two. And plus, Embiid, number one seed in the East, I would pick Embiid number one if he would have played all the games. He's missed right. like 20 games. So Jokic got 20 games on him, averaging eight assists, and he's shooting 40% from deep as your center. Mm-hmm. Like, you, we don't see that. Like, that's crazy. That's the same reason I, I couldn't pick Embiid, though. If he didn't miss the games, I probably would have still had him at top, but... Mr. Probably, but the percentages too, though, bro. For 56% versus Embiid's 51% from the field. It's crazy. Like, he he putting up crazy numbers. It's a crazy season. I'm pretty sure if we look at the numbers versus, like, some of the best MVP seasons, I bet he in the top, like, 10. I'm pretty sure this season, top 10. I think if they if Embiid was healthy all year, the thing that would have, like, canceled out the little – um field goal percentage differences and stuff is the fact that Embiid got his team at the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, number one seed. So that probably would have been the equalizer between them two. But when oh, you shit. look at it like that, Jokic, they got 44 wins, Philly got 47. Yeah. And arguably the West better than the East, so a three game, if you put Denver in the East, it's probably the same. Yeah, they probably up top. Yeah. I definitely expected them to like once Murray got hurt, I thought they were just going to fizzle out. But they ain't do shit but make Jokic MVP case stronger. Because he kicked it up a notch. That's all it do. It make him have to do more. And then they got a lot of pieces. They got, yeah. you could, Monte Morris could could pick up the slack. Will Barton. I think Will Barton her right now. But we, you got him. That You got the other, uh the point guard that been starting for them. His name like. Uh, Composo. Yeah, he, he filling in perfect. It's just now Jokic is a number one go-to guy with role. It's like a LeBron team. Don't honestly. forget they did pick up Aaron Gordon, too. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, they deep. They To me, it's like a, it looked like a LeBron James 
team in a sense. It's different, but it's Jokic. He got his hand in everything. Yeah, he's the fact that he do all of this with literally zero athleticism is crazy. This nigga do post fadeaways and don't even leave off the ground. I'll be like, yeah, how, I like bro? It. It's <laughs> same with Luka. All net fundamentals, man. It's same with Luca. I I kind of like to see that, bro. Like I wanted to speak on that with Wiggins. Like it show. Wiggins show and these Europeans show that it ain't just about being an athlete. You could be a slow, fat guy that just know the game. Think about the, the fat dudes that be at the gym. <laughs> man, the fat niggas be the hoopers. Man, I, I, I love when, when a fat, smooth nigga on my team. Like, fat niggas can hoop, man. They, I, I see if a why fat nigga is on the court, it's because he can hoop, for yes. sure. <laughs> he ain't just out there to be out there. That nigga be hooping. I ain't never came across a fat nigga on the court who ain't been a hooper. I know, same for me. I ain't never seen a fat dude get off. Y'all tripping. Y'all trip what? Come out west, you'll see him. <laughs> Them niggas will give you buckets and then go eat a fucking burger afterwards. I seen, I, I got one homie who, who fat, who, I seen who one time, his name is Sean. Man, he was- You want shots at me? No, not you. I got another homie named Sean. <laughs> I'll get fucking <laughs> Like, he the only one I seen and, and, he was low-key just trying to eat Magic Johnson. I ain't see him shoot the ball not one time. So you got Jokic as your MVP and Embiid the runner-up. And I don't think Steph third. To me, it's Steph in the mix, but you can't forget Giannis. I, I think for the third place, it's either I think it's a tie between Giannis, Jimmy Butler, and Luka, Dan probably Steph. But Steph, I don't think third to me. I wouldn't put him there. But yes, Jokic, Embiid, the top two. Bobby? All right, well, first, I got to define what, what I think an MVP is. To me, the MVP is always, because I know the media going to always say, it's either who you got the narrative, or more often than not, it's going to be just who the best player on the best team that year or whatever. So for me, it's kind of like a mix of the best player on the best team. But if the circumstances are right, it'll sometimes it'll be like, to me, like, who is actually, like, the most valuable player. So unbiasedly, I got Steph number one. I feel and it. I, and I got number two, I actually got Donovan Mitchell on the Jazz. Okay, okay. And then right. third, I would have Jokic. I used to have uh, uh, Joel, but to me, he missed too many games to qualify in my head. So I got Steph, Donovan Mitchell, and I got Jokic. Let me explain. To me, the MVP means, like, let's say, let's, let's go off record. If your team 62 and 20, and you missed uh, like 20 games, and they still won like 18 of them games, you're not the MVP because they're winning without you. But if you 60 and 22, and they lost all 22 games while you was gone, you're the MVP because they can't win without you. And so when you look at Steph and them right now, they 30, they 30, they 35 and 33 right now. In the games that he played, they 34 and 25. In the games that they don't play, they lost all eight. If he plays every game this year, they're the fifth seed. Which they really shouldn't be. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. He's Which they should not be. But in the games that he's been available to play, he dragged them to eighth. They are spot behind the Lakers, the defending champs, who are seventh for a whole different conversation. We I mean, a whole different yeah, reason. Yeah, we, we know why they're down there. When he went on that tear right after the All-Star break when he injured his tailbone, when it was like, I think like two games under 500, and he went into like full Kobe mode, 
and launched them all the way. Cause in their last seventeen games, they uh they twelve and five. Like they've been like they he got them hooping hooping. I don't even say he got the hooping, but he is like a man possessed. And it's like to do what he doing with a team where I think only three players on their roster can consider to be veterans, and that's Steph, Draymond, and Kent Bazemore. Everyone else is twenty five and under. Five of them players on the roster were either in the G League last year or they were in college last year. I think you could throw Looney in there because he got the playoff experience. Yeah, Looney, though. He's he's a vet. He's a vet now. I don't like Looney like that either because Looney, Looney be out there, like, sometimes. And me, in my opinion, he be in the way. Because, <laughs> like, he can't never finish up, like, nothing under the Every offensive rebound, he be, like, one good hit away from going back to the injury, uh, injury list. So, it'd be like, I don't... I don't like it. I don't, I don't mess with him like that. But if you want to, if you want to throw him on the uh, the veteran list, I feel it because he he was with them during all the championship runs. Because I think they won their first title with him as a rookie. Yeah, I wasn't saying he was talented. I was just saying he was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He only he, finished Draymond Lofts. That's it. Because he he, he age and dog is like he oh, goodness. And then, not to mention that the Warriors only running an eight man rotation right now because they only have eight players available, and it's been that way. So it's like. Who doing the most with less is Steph, by far number one with a bullet. So to me, that's he doing everything it requires to be MVP. The only thing he missing is they just not a top seed. But if you consider the talent level that he playing with versus everyone else in the tough West, like to me, I give it to him. It's like the Westbrook year. To me, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, his play style, the talent he he had around. Even though I feel like talent low key was better than everybody considered it to be. In hindsight, but you know, I think two of them players once they left the Thunder, they became all stars. But that's neither here or there. Yeah, but you know, hey, I said all the time, hey, just the system they was playing in. But you know, that's another conversation too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I look at it exactly the same as that. Like, why we don't have to hold that same energy with stuff. But you know, it's, you know how the media be. If you ain't if you ain't got no Finals MVP, you ain't shit to them. So whatever. <laughs> And then for second, I got Donovan Mitchell for basically stated before this, the Steph Ram, which is basically if you're on the best team in the league, your MVP is automatically on that roster and he's the best player on that team. So why is he not being considered when you're talking about Jokic? The Jazz had the best record in the league. I didn't even hear the Gobert name mentioned in MVP talks. So- I wouldn't expect him, though. But he always up there for defensive player of the year. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, my third player. I'm tripping. He's, the, he's third. He really should be second, honestly. Best team in the like you said, the best player on his team, like the best team in the league. They got they got the best record in the league by far. It ain't close. They low key take they took off like how Steph and them took off in 2015 out of nowhere to the to, to the media. So it's like, why we ain't putting the same? You know what I'm saying? Like his numbers improve across the board. Like the Jazz himself is improving across the board, and they basically got the same roster. So that it's team like is really good too. It's like all they did was just change their style of play, but hey, every, like like I was saying, it's all narrative, right? It's absolutely the narrative. The we media legit controls us who gonna be the MVP. Third, I got I got Jokic for basically the same reason everybody else do. They started off in a rut. He dragged them, averaging basically a triple double for most of the season. Uh, Jamal Murray go down for the season, and he still got them beating teams where they shouldn't be beating. Like to me, that's he pulling a, a Steph Curry. A Russell Westbrook, he he dragged them to, to, to wins and got them firmly placed in the playoff picture 
when they should be low key coming down since they second best player and their best scorer on the team is no longer available. He still got them right where they would be as if Jamal Murray was right there. I think that's what's going to lock it down for him. Yeah, and in all honesty, he probably is going to be the winner because the media has been talking about him for MVP yeah. all year too. Because before the season started, it was it was I think it was Bond, Luca, and Jokic, and all of them fell off for different reasons. But Jokic remained up there, and of course, the media sees all too. So yeah, I, so I think he gonna win like real, and realistically. But yeah, they're my three. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you said like Steph that. though would be your number one, right? If I had to pick, I'm picking Steph because to me he is by definition the most valuable player. Just like how we said, I think on the first episode that LeBron and Steph could keep winning it yeah. every year. Yeah. I think this is this is one of them years where he should win it, mm-hmm. but he won't. It's like the first time he didn't really had to prove like, look, I'm Steph. Yeah, he really that deal. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. he can carry without help. This is the first time he really had to prove it. I don't. Even, I don't even think he had to prove it, though because he carried the team without help before. In, in 2013, he dragged them to the playoffs. He wasn't even the author of the year. It was David Lee, and he was their best player. In 2014, he took them to the playoffs. At that point, he was the only all-star. Like, so to me, like he already proved that he can win without the without help. But you know, when once you get KD for so long, they all that erase all that anything beyond KD gets erased. Yeah, I think once KD went there, it tarnished a whole lot of everybody on their team. Like, people don't look at them as they should. Like, they don't get that same respect, which is bullshit. Which is, which is ridiculous, because you... People forget, he won without KD. He won 73. He sent KD home! KD, he didn't... KD ain't... He ain't joined KD. KD joined him. Do you not remember how this went? <laughs> like, like, people forget this. He didn't join KD. KD joined him. Facts. But yeah, for me, man... Like y'all said, I really, I honestly think Jokic is going to win. I don't even think it's close no more. I think yeah. after Murray got hurt and he continued to keep that team at like the top three, four in the West, that solidified it for him. And his numbers is crazy. So it's not like he just not deserving. 26, 11, eight and a half and like a steal and a half a game. Yeah. They say he got the highest PER in history right now. I said, like I said, I know his numbers with the bet with the best MVP seasons we've seen. I know he in the like top five, top ten. His numbers look like Giannis MVP numbers. Bro, he's shooting forty percent yeah. from deep, fifty six right, from the, field. The that's crazy. With no athleticism, bro. Don't <laughs> he never won. come off the ground. He won assists away from a triple double for the season. Crazy. But to me, and it's a player I never used to like, but I'm gonna give him his respect this year. And y'all ain't even gonna expect this shit. Chris Paul, bro. Now he ain't no nah, his numbers. No, nah, his numbers ain't got it. I, I get that. 16, 9, and 5. No, nah, that's not MVP numbers. But I honestly feel like if you take him off Phoenix, they not a playoff team. They might be like fighting we, around that play in. <laughs> we might be they might be fighting around that play in area, but he got them second in the West right now, bro. And you could honestly say he is like 90% of the reason they're as good as they are. He making them play better. I agree with that. He opening up Devin Booker's game for sure. Because Devin Booker can play more off the ball now, like he should be doing. Mm-hmm. He even making DeAndre Aiden big soft ass look a little better. That's I forgot to mention him, but that's another nigga that be frustrating me too. Cause why you don't never want to dunk the ball, bro? You like seven two. Dunk the fucking ball, man. But that's neither here nor there. So yeah, I think if if it was strictly about a player's value to a team, I think Chris Paul. It's like between him and Steph Curry, 
this season. LeBron James. Who got the yeah, and obviously LeBron. If he wasn't hurt. It's between you could say them three right there got the highest value on their team right now. And yeah, I got Steph in there like right after Chris Paul. He got that team. He is dragging that team, as Bobby would say, kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. Muddy water <laughs> into the playoffs. Man. They don't got no business being in the playoff picture right now because that team is garbage besides Steph Curry and Draymond. And like I spoke, Wig has been kind of hooping this year, but he inconsistent with it. That team is shit, though. So the fact that he got them where he got them, that, that should say all I need to say. If you're going to give Westbrook MVP for that season, what they was, an eight seed? Seven or eight seed, then give Steph his MVP this year. Mm-hmm. But I think Jokic got it locked up. If Embiid never got hurt, I probably would have picked him, only because he had Philly at the top. But Philly showed they can win without him. Shout out to Tobias Harris, my nigga. J Cole, <laughs> <Clean> <laughs> All right, don't don't start disrespecting him, man. <laughs> We're not finna tolerate that. Boo boo trash bag. Do I need to get started on Allen Iverson again? No, hey, you know, Jay Cole signed a, uh, a deal to go play uh, overseas in yeah, Africa. In Africa, yeah, I saw that. That's bag, also. That's uh, not yeah. gonna get no tick. <laughs> it's like, man, I just want a 10 day. I'm, I'm listening, I just want a 10 day for the practice squad. <laughs> just let me get some of the team gear, you know. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, I think Jokic wins it, and he deserves it. But if it was up to me, in order, it would be CP3, Steph. And then Jokic. All right, so uh, another thing I know Bobby been wanting to speak about for a minute, pretty interesting topic, is the importance of a team's front office. Oh, my God. Now, we didn't see some front offices ruin a lot of superstars' prime years by being absolute shit at building around them, i.e. the Bulls and the fucking Knicks, especially the fucking Knicks. But uh, Bobby, uh, I'm going to let you touch on it first. How important is a, a good front office to a, t- a franchise? I'm afraid to see you like this. If you're working for a job and you're trying to get this promotion, they tell you that they need to see so-and-so from you. You tell it, you steady telling them this is not a one-man job. I need help. And they telling you, okay, well, you got this is what you got, so you got to do it anyway, and you can't get it done because it's not a one-man job. Wouldn't you become frustrated with this job? Yeah. Would you want to leave because they're clearly not listening to you? They're not supplying you with the pieces that you need to succeed. So why would you stay with the company? Facts. That's the same thing. That's the same philosophy that goes to a front office. If you're trying to be the star player who wants to win and you want all the accolades to come with winning, you need the right parts around you. Jordan couldn't be Jordan until Scotty got there, until Horace Grant got there. Before that, Jordan was going out. First round. Jordan didn't even have his first full uh, uh, over 500 season until Scotty got there. Because you need the pieces around you. You need help. Plain and simple. And you got, we got GMs. It, it boggles my mind. We have GMs right here who would rather be cheap and just have a, you have a, a, a one of a kind player and they will just slowly build through the draft. It boggles my mind how they can be so, so, so stupid. I even go back to, for, for the older listeners, we can go back to the 90s. Because we, we all, during the pandemic, we, I know we all seen the last dance stop. Yeah. Even, what's the name said it? Uh, uh, Jordan said it. Freddie Pippen, all of them said it. Uh, Jerry uh, Ronstorff did not want to pay Jordan. 
that last year. They tricked Scottie Pippen into signing a lesser deal for guaranteed money when he could have just held out and got the max because Scottie was underpaid for years too. Yep. His whole career. <laughs> his whole his whole career until he got the bag. I think I want to say it was either in Houston or Portland, but he got the bag in one of them. But on the, with the Bulls, he didn't get the bag. Jordan didn't either. Jordan was living off his endorsements. We got robbed out of like five or six more seasons from that team because them niggas weren't done. No, they wouldn't. They just wanted to get paid. And Jerry was willing to let Jordan and all them walk or retire also he couldn't, so he wouldn't pay them. That's how these GMs is living, man. These, this front office, listen, spend that money, man, and you can get you a Golden State. It's really not that hard. Man. It's not that hard because think about it. Look, as a store manager myself, you have to spend money to make money. If I have, if, if I have a star employee who I'm giving hours to, and he's selling his butt off every customer he make, he boom, 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 boom. I'm gonna keep scheduling him because he's making me money. So that means whatever I'm, I'm losing I'm, by over scheduling him, I'm getting back through the profit because he's bringing me double the business. It's the same thing with the NBA, but these dudes are cheap because that cuts into their money, that cuts into their spending thing. But it's like as you win, it increases your revenue. Right now, the Warriors are the second most valuable team in the NBA. They six point eight billion. They worth more than Lakers. Lakers. I just thought let's say the Lakers are third. That Knicks somehow are still number one. But like it just it it blows my mind that people would rather save money than win when you can double the profit. That that's the the biggest thing I think is we forget a lot of times that the NBA is a business and a lot of those owners only see it as a business. They don't care about the actual product on the floor as long as it's making them profit that's all they really care about you can see with a lot of organizations minnesota i'm looking at you yeah yeah and, and it's like don't get me wrong for some franchises i get it because something like the small markets you can't afford the big superstars i get it sometimes you just gotta build through the draft because you can't afford you a lebron you can't afford you a a kobe or whatever but even then you can do it the uh the san antonio way I was just gonna say that with San Antonio, they are small market. Because with the Spurs, they gave uh I think I think the year he was off his rookie deal, I think that was two thousand or ninety nine, one of them, whatever year he was supposed to leave the Spurs to go to the match to play with T Mac and Grant Hill and all them, whatever. They gave him the max. About, right? Yeah, yeah. They gave him the max and they just they just built through they built uh, through the draft. A couple of signing trades here and there, but mostly the Spurs are built through the draft internationally. Anyway, they were one of the first things to really do that. When the time comes to, to re-sign, they convinced Tim Duncan, listen, we can keep this dynasty going, but you got to take a little less because we're a small market. And what he do? He took a little less because he sacrificed the money for the win, for the winning. To me, that sets a precedent. You telling me that the best player on my team, who I'm, I got to give him this money because I'm, we ain't Spurs without him. And you telling me he taking less so I can go spend this money to go get him? Some more people. Now I got the money. Well, now I can afford him a Richard Jefferson. I can go sign uh, Stephen Jackson. I can go sign Robert Horton now. I can go sign uh, Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. What's his name? Uh, Avery Johnson. You see what I'm saying? Like, these are people that they went and got for him because he took, took less instead of the max. And then over time, when it's when it's all said and done, now in his career, now we can cash him out. That's what they did. Once yep. Kawhi and them got there, they cashed him out. Okay. And he took less. The same thing with Dirk his whole career. Right. Dirk. He, they did the same thing. Yep. Uh uh Kobe. 
Kobe didn't take less, I think, except one time. But like at the end of his career, that last that last four year contract when he tore Achilles midway through it, they cashed Kobe out. They said, you know what, we riding out with this because you Kobe. Like you see what I'm saying? Like that's it can what the be good organizations do. And that's see, and that's the importance of a great organization because they realize the importance of winning. Because if you win, you get all that back at the end. Plus on. And then they Man, I ain't got no more, man. Y'all hit me. Y'all hit me, man. <laughs> I ain't got no more, man. Y'all hit me, you dog. I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Because it blows me, G. It's like, bro, spend that money. You want to win, man. See, like y'all you got said, I want to win. Business. Y'all got it, man. <laughs> but it's a business. If if I was a billionaire and I wasn't a, a former athlete, a former basketball player, I'd be in it for the same thing. We got to think about it. Half of these billionaires and these owners aren't former basketball players. And for me, I think that's huge for being in the NBA, being a GM, being an assistant GM, being like all those front office positions. I think that's a, I think that's big. We need more basketball minds in the game. That's why we see it. So many of these front offices, horrible teams, Minnesota, Phoenix before the, before this last season. Like we seeing guys that just want to make money. When you look at all, of, like y'all spoke on, we look at all the front offices who wanted to spend money. Mark Cuban, a small market team in San Antonio, fifty year team, a fifty win team every year, but they they didn't spend money in free agency. But like you said, they build in the draft. They built internationally. They had a, a a good front office that had a great scouting team and found great players in the second round. Now the year Dallas won that title, they did kind of spend some money. They picked up Sean Marion, Jason Kidd, Karan Butler, and all of them. But they that's that's worth your front office wanting to Mark Cuban. We know Mark Cuban not scared yeah. to spend no money. Yeah, he gonna spend that bread. He wanted a few to actually get it because he was always like that. Look at the yeah. Clippers now. It's no it's no surprise Paul George and Kawhi Leonard wanted to come play there. Not just because that's where they from. They owner in tune with the game. He want to win. I would think he's knowledgeable. If we go talk about outside of basketball, it's so many organizations that that they're great because of the front office. Look at the New England Patriots. We're not gonna go too. I'm not gonna go too much into it, but they front office is in tune with the team. Is in tune with the sport. They want to win. So when we talking about the importance of a front office, it, it just really comes down to: Do you want to win or you want to make money? Because they gonna make money regardless, win or lose. So it's like, hey, let's just sign a few uh, high profile players. We gonna make money off their jersey sales and t- uh, the fans coming to see them play. But they don't give they don't give a fuck about winning. So it's just simple as that. The good teams, the good owners, and the good front offices know the game and want to win. And the bad teams, the one that just want to make money and sell tickets. It's, it, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, I think uh Steve Ballmer, I think that's his name, the owner of the Clippers. He yeah. low-key like a Mark Cuban. They were, they kind of look the same person because he'd be at the games, turned the fuck up. <laughs> the ball does. And he the first owner that I can like remember that that was publicly saying that he willing to go into luxury to sign players. Like he was really he was one of the first to really say, "I'll bite that bullet and I'll pay whatever I pay." I'm trying. The owner to- the Nets too. I I can't think of his name. Like when they first moved to Brooklyn, I think he like yeah 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 him too. Uh, dude but on he the he didn't uh, know the game. He didn't know the game. Dude That's on what the he did. too. Yeah, uh, Ujiri, right? Yeah, he was one of the first ones to say, "I pay that luxury tax. I want to win right now too." Remember, he went all in on Kawhi when Kawhi sat first signed. Yep, and it paid off. Yeah, 
That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes you gotta just the risk or equal the reward. Not for all organizations, but sometimes it's worth it. And speaking on Phoenix, uh, like you have brought up Nico, I'm, I'm pretty sure they GM right now is a former player. Ain't James Jones they GM? Yeah, I think now, but I don't think he's been there that long. No, nah, he ain't been there that long, but like he's he been there the last four years. Yeah, the, at the beginning of the turnaround. So, like you were saying, you get more former players in there who actually give a fuck about the game. Your franchise is gonna reap the rewards, like Elton Brand in Philly. Now, yeah. Sacramento, I don't know because Vladdy Divac been ruining that team for a while. But see, I don't think it's Vladdy; it's Kiki Vandaway. They fucking they no. own her. He he no, fucking Vlade it up. Vladdy too, but it's not just all Vladdy. Vladdy can only do so much. Number shit. I don't think Vladdy didn't even want Boogie, bro. Vladdy was glad to get rid of Boogie. Fucking weirdo. He was fucking up the he was messing up the locker room, man. Boogie had to and I love Boogie, but he had to he needed the first start. Boogie needed uh the go to the front office. Boogie, they let go of the one coach that 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 yep. made Boogie play. Mike Malone. And they had mm-hmm. no other like no talent, bro. Like no and vet. They give him no input Boogie on vet? Who's Boogie's vet ever in his career and with this with Sacramento? Matt Barnes? No Udry. I thought it was uh, I thought it was Rudy Gay. Was Rudy there? Yeah. Rudy Gay was there and Matt Barnes. Those was the those were the years where they were close to making the playoffs. But before that, come on, man. Like players get a bad rap. We don't they need good coaches. They need vets in the locker room. You let a that nigga like him from the hood. His coach. Yeah, like it's over with. And they almost made the playoffs. They fired him for nothing. For no reason. Other than, like I said, season. them other franchises, bro. Like, it's sometimes, it's like teams be trying to lose, bro. And like, they was like, oh, shit, we winning. He got to go. He doing too much. He making us better. Like, and now you yeah. see what he doing with Denver. Oh, man. One of the best coaches. That's the Pistons, man. They traded away everybody that was trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like, yeah, this is to me, it's a real simple topic, though. Like you said, like to me, the things that make like a competent front office, though, like for one, when it's a, a high profile free agent sees that your organization is competent, they much more likely to sign with that team. If they feel like when they sign there, you're going to be able to put pieces around them, you're going to be able, whether you're a small market or not, you're going to be able to get those free agents because, they're like, okay, I know if I go here, you're going to do your very best. You're going to put your best foot forward to help me win a championship, which is what I want. Another thing, and like you spoke on with the Spurs, they're going to draft better, and they're going to make smarter trades. They're going to do all their homework before they pick anybody in the draft. And they're not going to just make these stupid trades in the middle of the year, like when they call themselves compete. They're going to be like, okay, look, we know we can wait a year. We're not going to risk on this specific player. They're going to know when to take the risk and when not to. Mm-hmm. And they get players that fit. That come with being right. a smart GM. Get players that fit your, your culture. Yeah, and let your coach have input on it because your coach knows more than what knows more than you what he's trying to get accomplished and what yeah, type of team he's trying GM. to build. Right. See, that's that's even better. Like if your coach is your GM and he's one of those coaches that's like good for the front office, it's gonna be good for you. Now, one thing this goes back to the Bulls, like the going back to the decision year with LeBron. Because they did this. One thing a good front office is never going to do. They're not going to waste money overpaying a backup plan free agent. Like if you've got, you didn't clear all this cap space or whatever, like the Bulls did to try to get LeBron that year. If you don't get LeBron, you don't go and spend all that fucking money on Carlos Boozer. You say, you know what? It'll be other off seasons. We're going to keep building this culture. 
we're gonna still have this money. So when the next free agent come around, we could try to I crack at him. But you spend all that money on the backup plan free agent and you find out he's not as good as you thought he was, now you just tied up with a bad contract that you can't get rid of. That we had to use the amnesty rule on. Yeah. Bulls and the Knicks, the worst at that. Like during from two thousand to like two thousand fifteen, them two teams was the worst at wasting money on them backup plan free agents. The number one thing a good organization is going to do. When they get a superstar, they're going to keep them happy and confident in their ability to build a winner around him. That's the number one thing a good front office is going to do. Without that, it don't matter how how good you draft or any of that because if that main piece don't feel like he can win there, he's going to leave anyway. Facts. So, yeah, th- that, that was a pretty simple topic, though. Like The front office is definitely important, though, and I don't think enough people like give it the credit that it deserves like all these championship teams won titles because of the organization yes it's the players on the floor at the end of the day but the front office got a big part in that look at the past like 10 nba champions all those teams had good front offices none of them had bad front offices except for cleveland (laughs) cleveland they got he got blessed because lebron really didn't have to come back there but the thing about Cleveland, bro, the thing about Cleveland, yes, Dan Gilbert in the beginning was, a, I would say, was bad, but he made trades. Like, that. even the first stint with Cleveland, he, they made, he, he, he made trades that last year. He, the last year LeBron was with Cleveland, he made some big trades. And then when LeBron came back, they made the big trade to get Shump, Amon Shepard and to get J.R. Smith. Like, he started to put shit together, but his problem was not consulting with LeBron. Like you said, keeping your best player happy. He didn't control LeBron as much. You don't write a diss letter when your best player leaves, neither. That last year, it wasn't him, though. David Griffin, by that point, was the GM. So he, like, the the first seven years of LeBron's uh, Cleveland run, that was all Dan Gilbert. He was the owner and the GM because he was being cheap, so he was doing double duty. It was really him and his son. They was doing double duty. When LeBron left, by the time he came back, his son had moved on to something else. And then David Griffin was the GM. And Dan Griffin was just the owner. David Griffin is willing to spend what he going to spend. Yeah, it was really only because of LeBron. Because I'm trying to keep LeBron. Right. Because he did an interview uh, right when he got with the Pelicans. He did, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he was on ESPN when he said it. But he was like, he felt like his job was tied to LeBron coming back. So he said he did whatever it took to keep LeBron happy. Because he felt like if LeBron leave, my job leaving with him. Yeah. <laughs> And sure enough, when Braun left, a year after that, he got smoked. Then he got hired by the Pelicans. Pelicans fans be happy. He gonna build y'all a winner. Yes, he is, because he wanted the few that he'll spend whatever it takes. Because he he's a very like hands-on players like GM. He legit gonna get you whatever you ask for. Braun told them, I'm top heavy as hell. I need we need a bench. And they went and filled up that bench within two weeks. Yep. They, they might have made the most transactions in one season in NBA history. Hey, remember in 2018 where they, where they traded the whole roster? The whole gone. roster. <laughs> D-Rose, D-Wade, all of them gone. So LeBron do walk up to, to the GM. I was like, look, man, literally, all these niggas got to go. Every last one of them. <laughs> Clear this motherfucking bench. <laughs> they got to go. <laughs> I don't want to see none of these niggas in here tomorrow. <laughs> Not <laughs> one of them. No, all he did was, hey. I'm going to the Lakers next year, so I don't want to play with them niggas on the Lakers. Get them off the Lakers. Bring them over <laughs> here so when I go over there, they not over there. 
I think it was I think it was understood that he was leaving. But I don't think it was 100% it was the Lakers. But once I saw that trade with the Lakers, I said, yep, he's going to the Lakers because he don't want to play with Jordan Clarkson or Larry Nance. I remember reading an article like three years ago where they were saying how like 80, I want to say it was in 2018. I want to say whatever year he took um, them bums to the finals to get swept by the Warriors. I remember reading an article saying that AD was going to force a trade to the Lakers no matter what, and Braun was going to meet him there. And that was before LeBron even announced he was leaving. So I feel like so I feel like them two had that like planned for like years. Probably. So you think LeBron retired here, right? Oh yeah, he already said he's going to like a go sign a one day with Cleveland or some shit. No, he said he ain't leaving. He said this is where he at. He I said he's going like one day with Cleveland, like but this is who knows. Team team though. Yeah, for sure. This is his last team team. He retires. He he's gonna play his last game with with the Lakers. Yeah, this is it. I think he I think he's staying to the sun. Get the if if I think now, matter of fact, that's what I think will make LeBron James lead the Lakers. Whatever team his son gets drafted to, if LeBron is a free agent, I see him going. There. Yeah, he's been lining. I think he's lining his contract up with it like that. So when his son, if his son do make it to the league, he'll be a free agent. His son making it to the league. He's getting it off the name alone. Y'all tweak His son making it to the league. He, his son not gonna be a late bloomer. Like he, he got the fundamentals, and then he he an athlete. I'm just saying if because anything can happen, man. Yeah, anything can happen because he hurt now. He making it to the league. I'm telling you, Braun run the league. If he say I want to run the league, he in the league. Y'all tweaking if y'all think otherwise. I'm <laughs> well, pretty, you know what the fuck it. going on. Hey, he gonna make the league. Them clutch sports checks be real, y'all. Tweaking. <laughs> True. Thank y'all for tuning in. Comment down, firstly, uh, who the fuck you think shouldn't be in the NBA. For <laughs> real, that's what it is. Who the fuck shouldn't be in the NBA? Exactly like that. Start your comment with such and such blank shouldn't be in the fucking NBA. That, that's how I want to word it. And uh, who do you have winning MVP this year? But yeah, that's going to do it for this one, y'all. Uh, most recent episode will be linked in the description so you can uh, stay caught up. Uh, make sure you like the video, share the video, follow us on social media, on Instagram. All that stuff will be linked in the description. And we'll catch y'all in the next one.